Buffs Nation. What's going on? Welcome into another episode of the Buffs Nation podcast. How's everyone out there after, uh, oh boy, tough loss, right? We're getting things back on track and then it's like, oh no, oh, not this. Buffs uh, didn't get the job done on the road against Oregon State. We'll talk about that and preview this upcoming week against uh, Arizona State. I'm Tyler Walji. He's Jared. All Jared, how are you? I've uh, been conditioned through this year to handle losses a little bit better week after week. So mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 rough. You've Come, been you've been conditioned, but you don't use conditioner because you're bald. Well, so. I use it on this, the beard. <laughs> though. The beard is oh, that's essential. Right. Yeah, you got to condition the beard. Yeah, actually, you, know? you I, probably have more hair on your beard than I have on the top of my. I mean, I went for a short cut this time. You yeah, like it? It's definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a little I short. Think it looks good. It yeah. makes you look distinguished, especially with the glasses on. You see? Do you always wear glasses? And I'm just like, no, no. okay. No. The glasses, you should stick with them. It makes you look smart. Okay. Make, you well, got to fool I people. Gotta fool exactly. People. I need that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan Smith, who is the producer, but is off-site today. Uh, Ryan, how are you? I'm doing well, fellas. A uh, little disappointed, obviously, but just like Jared, you know, we've been groomed into this type of... Uh, Ending for the buffs. Groomed, yeah. I mean, you may every, you guys make it seem so dark. You guys use warm like, words <laughs> like groomed. You know, it's like okay, I don't necessarily love that, but uh, <laughs> I, I think we can all agree. And and the the conversation for the next couple of weeks, months is going to be the next coach, right? That's the main thing, right? In the minds of CU fans right now. But I'm seeing a lot of interesting stuff pop up on on social media. Look, social media is good and bad. I'd say it's like 65% bad, right? I think there's a lot of good. But there are some nuggets out there if you pay attention. And one thing I've seen is that, have you guys uh, uh, seen a lot of these donors talking about the food quality? No. No, a lot of these donors are saying now that the food quality for the players is super subpar, that they're not happy really? with it. It's part of everything right now with the culture. They're not getting enough money. And you know what part of it is? Again, that I learned uh, from some of these things on, on Twitter. Uh, the athletic department has to pay back, or the, yeah, has to pay back the school for a lot of certain things. CU is super old school. They're super, they're very focused on uh, the academics, the image. And, and it's like, I feel like they're kind of living in the mid 2000s to, to 90s to even 80s still. And things need to change. But, but isn't that all that stuff? Yeah, the especially food, when you the- look at some of these very prestigious schools and I'll kind of point to the Big Ten where you know a majority of those schools are very pre- prestigious schools. I don't think Ohio State, Michigan, you know, Penn State, some of these other programs, something tells me they don't have some of these same limitations and restrictions in place that CU thinks that they're, uh, you know, have a place for the academics, but I think it's just hindering them all around. But I don't know who CU thinks they're impressing. I mean, like, what, what they're doing this for. I understand how it used to be where academics was – you know, one of the most important things. And it's, I don't want to, you know, diminish academics. That's still important. I understand that, that these are universities. Like, let's not forget that about this this whole thing. But I think if you were to do a poll in the late 80s to the, you know, late 90s, that kind of decade range of prestigious academic schools, and you did this on the East Coast purely, it's, uh, it's only people on the East Coast doing this poll, I think CU would have been included in that. Now... I don't think so. I think that they would name schools like UC Berkeley and, and Cal, you know, Caltech and and even you know Cal and Stanford and all those schools. I don't think many people from New York would be like, oh yeah, it's Colorado, the academics. So I don't know what CU's clinging to still, 
but it's holding this football program back. Yeah, and I, I, you know, like you said, it, it is important to remember that this is a school, this is a university, this is you know a very good university. It's not an easy one to get into. Trust me, I tried. Um, <laughs> but, but at the same time, this is a business, and I think that the, it, it, it really is important. We're at an era of college football, of the NCAA, where this has now officially become a business, and, and there's, there's a certain level of separation that I think needs to happen. I'm okay if you want to have certain you know, academic requirements for certain programs within CU. I know there's doctor you know, programs to become medical doctors, lawyers, certain things like that. I'm going to go ahead and assume, and this is probably an assumption I shouldn't make, but not too many of them football players are, are going well, for those degrees. I mean, you, you actually see more and more of that these days, but you're right. It's, it's not always that. But whether it is or not, I think that you, you kind of hit it on the head with, with the whole it's a business and things are changing, but things are changing so fast, and Colorado's not keeping up. Other schools are keeping up. Other schools have changed the way they approach recruiting and things like that transfers and CU simply hasn't. They need to get over this whole thing of the athletes need to, you know, fit in this box. It, it, if they want to compete, which I don't know if they do. Like we, I don't know if they are willing to. It's compete. honestly starting to look more and more like they're, they want to appear like they're trying to compete. I don't know that deep down the, the regents and the you know the the higher ups that be within the CU program truly care about being a great team. I think they just want to be good enough to make money. Yeah, uh, and l- l- I mean, honestly, the, the people that are in charge of making the dis- these decisions, they're still collecting a paycheck every week, regardless of how the football team does. Well, so it's obviously a change in higher up leadership leads to success and in ter- on, on the field. In terms of the regions, in terms of the people who make these decisions and, and, and hire and fire and, and dictate where the money goes or even put things on ballots to be, to be voted upon. Um, they had that a lot of those board members haven't changed in a years and right. years and decades in, in some cases. So a lot of those people, you know, they got involved. Academics was the main thing. They're worried about that. And honestly, Here's the thing is I don't necessarily blame them for all of that. I sort of get the whole let's make academics or whatever it is. They, they have a lot to focus on. Even the AD, okay, even Rick George, which I know everyone's pissed at Rick George right now, which I get, but even he has to worry about volleyball and soccer and basketball and football right. and all this stuff. So, I mean, think about the regions and what they have to worry about. So, I get that. It's, it's, it's not what they are doing. It's what they're not doing. And it's right. it, it, it's about focusing on football, or at least allowing football to operate a little bit differently, because that's what's going to be necessary. So, and know, that's that's truly a big part of what it comes down to is is just make an exception. It's it's okay to make an, make exceptions to certain rules, especially when they are outdated rules, uh, you know, limitations. So I think when you look at football compared to most other, if not all other sports within the NCAA, and let's even just focus on men's sports. Football is different, and this is not unique to CU. This is not unique to the Pac-12. This is, it's different than every other sport. Yeah, it's the moneymaker, and you just hope that things are going to change. Um, all right, so you guys have anything to add to that, or should we get to last week's game? We good? Good, I'm getting yeah, the phone. ready to move right. on. Uh, Oregon State beats the Buffs 42-9. to The score was 21-3 at halftime. 
and uh, buffs really didn't look like they were in it from the get-go. And I was disappointed. I thought they were going to come out and, and and look a lot better. I, I almost said Montez instead of Stroud right there. They did not look, <laughs> they did not look like Montez. Montez JT, still have any eligibility? Maybe he can know, come right? back and, and play? Uh, JT went 13-29 for uh, no touchdowns, two interceptions. That's good for a 10.9 quarterback rating. Uh, rushing the ball, I thought there were some highlights. I, I liked... Uh, which I thought Jaylee stacks. I've been calling him Jail. Hey, that's Me what too. happens when you start the season buried on the depth chart, you know? <laughs> it's like, uh, it's, it's just, look, I called a lot of games in my life. Sometimes that's how it goes. Jaylee stacks, which is better than Jail, right? Jaylee. I don't know. I kind of like Jail. Yeah, Jail sounds nice. Hard yeah, yeah Jail sounds good. Especially for a guy yeah. that's like 235 <laughs> right? pounds. He's Jail stacks. Exactly. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that's the way. But uh, Jaylee stacks, uh, I think he actually went to Creek. Am I right there? You know, I'm not sure. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, 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 yeah he did. Yeah, but he runs hard. I like the way he runs. Uh, same with uh, Charlie Offerdahl. He got the ball a little bit, and he's starting to get involved. So that's what's important is uh, stack sophomore, Offerdahl freshman, getting these youngsters involved and, and, and wanting to be a part of things and wanting to stay. Now, it's tough because new leadership's coming in, in, in next year. And it's kind of weird because you want to show up on tape, you want to show up on film, you want to be that leader – but it's kind of almost draining knowing you're going to have to hit the reset button and do it all over again when a new coach gets here. Improve yourself. And I was thinking that. I was like, you know, what's the new – how's the new coach going to, going to view stacks and offer it all? And, I mean, some of these other running backs in the depth chart. Because you figure when the new coach gets here, it's it's up for grabs with that stuff. Yeah, and I'll, I appreciate when you – give these guys a chance at this point in the season to prove that, right? Give those guys an opportunity to show what they can do at the college level. And they they each got eight carries, so they're each getting a chance there. Stroud with four carries himself. Uh, Anthony Hankerson had three carries, another another freshman there. Uh, so, you know, it, it's I thought it wasn't a great day on the ground, 28 carries, 84 yards, but I saw some things that we can take away and be a little excited for, you know? Well, and you right, mentioned right. this, this game uh, kind of got away from them a little bit, you know, early. So it. It was hard for them to stay committed. We we've talked about that in the past. Their need to stay committed to the run. When you get down twenty three to twenty one to three early, it's hard to stay committed to yeah. the run. Yeah, yeah, and and this week you really saw um, the the lack of having Deion Smith at your disposal um, for That's the true. running back room. I think Deion Smith is kind of the stir the the straw that stirs the drink. You know, um, he opens up, gives gives these younger guys uh, a little bit more opportunity. Um, to Jared's point, yeah, they're kind of out of it, but. Uh, uh, early, but um, you know, I think uh, I think Deion Smith was was very much missed, and uh, I did see today that he was at least practicing in, in pads. So, okay, that's a positive, and hopefully he's back sooner than later when he's healthy to do so. Uh, receiving this is this was kind of, again. Let's let's take away some positives here. Let's not just sort of paint this all you know with smiles and and everything's okay. But I want to be a little positive here because I did see some good things to take away. And one of them was that, that JT spread it out. You know, this offense did get re- pretty versatile. Uh, how many guys had a catch here? I mean, we're talking one, two, eight, eight, eight people with a reception. No one with more than three. So uh, I, I like that. You know, Montana, Lamonius Craig, he, he got some separation, almost had a couple big catches. But the downside, let's get a little bit in, into the negative part here. Drops are really killing this team. And yeah. it happened again. And it's not like... They're 
very, very, very high difficulty catches, and, and it's like 50-50. It seems like they're making the more difficult catches it, it and does missing seem like the easy that. ones. They need to be catching the ball. When you got a quarterback like Shroud, or even fill in the blank, even if it's Brendan Lewis or, or Owen McCown, I don't care. These quarterbacks need a little momentum this season. They need a little bit of help. And when you can't right. bring these balls in, you're all, I mean, it, it, it's, it does twice as much damage that, that it would do to like a normal team. The Buffs need something to, to hang on to here. And those drops are killing the buffs. And so they have to fix that. And Daniel Arias is the main culprit this year. He had another, I think he may have had two again this week. I know he had one big one. And that's the thing is they're not just on like first down and in, in, in 10 or, you know, these situations. They're on third downs. They're on these, right. in these big situations where the buffs need yards. They're dropping the ball. Well, and they're also coming on, um, on plays, like you said, big plays that you can't run every down. If they're dropping slants, that's one thing. But when you're throwing the ball 30 yards down the field and they're dropping them, well, you can't run that play until you set it up again. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, you look at CU's offense. They don't do a whole lot of West Coast stuff. Like they still, and that's what I like, is they still try and throw 10 yards down the field, even go vertical sometimes. And like they try and at least spread the defense out. So a lot of these drops are for chunk yardage, 20 yards down the field, 25, 30 yards down the field. So that's, those are just such big plays that, that I think what happens is we all know it's big and everyone goes, ah, oh, and the tweets come out for a little bit, but then it gets overlooked and, the, and then the play goes on and you punt it and they have the ball and they score a touchdown. And so it's like, those are the small plays throughout the game that add up to the big outcomes that end up being 42 to nine. Well, and when we talk about something we've talked a lot about this season is the, the time of possession and the buffs are not possessing the ball long enough. Their defense is spending too much time on the field. That's a big play, and you kind of just – I like the way you just worded it. It kind of gets forgotten well, in that mix, right? You miss that big third-down catch. Now, all of a sudden, you're punting the ball. Instead of maybe possessing the ball for another two, three minutes, even if you don't put points on the board, that's a good point. it keeps your defense on the field. It gives you better field position within the game. Well, they held the ball. Oregon State held the ball for almost 10 minutes more than the Buffs this game. Yep. 34 and a half minutes to 25 and a half minutes. And so, uh, it, it's one thing. To do, I mean, they. It's not like Oregon State was that clean. They had ten penalties. Oregon State did compared to the Buffs five. You know, it's just the Buffs shot themselves in the foot over and over. Offensively, they had four turnovers. I don't know how many games you're going to turn the ball over four times and yeah. and have a chance to win on the road in that spot. You know, and and, and it's funny. Uh, coach of the Oregon State Beavers, I, his name's slipping my head right now. Mike or uh, no, uh, anyway, he was saying before the game, he goes. The Buffs are a, a team with a lot of motivation right now. They got a lot of steam coming in here. We have to get out to a fast start. And that's a, a spot the Buffs had not used to, they weren't used to being in. Everyone this season approached the Buffs like they were going to get the win. It's the Buffs. And for the first time this year, CU faced an opponent that said, uh oh, we got to take them seriously. They're coming in here to get another win. And the Buffs weren't ready for it. So that's something else, right. too, is maybe like the stage was. A little bit different. Real quick, Jonathan Smith is that Jonathan coach for Smith. Oregon State. John Smith. And, and honestly, one thing I want to say. Isn't that a character from Pocahontas? Yes. John Smith. He's yes, also a character yeah. in U.S. history. Well, that, it goes maybe he should <laughs> go back to the Disney pages. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> although his character that, in U.S. history that, that, that is not as well painted as the, the, the character yeah. in Pocahontas. Uh, let's just leave that for mm-hmm. what it is. Uh, but one thing I do want to say that I think we probably discounted a little bit too much going into this week ourselves on this podcast, and I won't speak for you guys, but I know I did, is I think this Oregon State team, it's a good football team. I mean, this is a team that in years past, they've been 
bad. They've been the laughing stock of the Pac-12 for years. Now, Jonathan Smith, he's been there for, what, two or three years now. He's got this team going in the right direction. They're bowl eligible for the first time in almost a decade. I think this is a solid football team, a uh, as good or better than the Cal team, if not way better than the Cal team that, that the oh, Buffs played sure. a couple weeks ago. So yeah. I think when you see that 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 swing, and, and I know for me, it was in an instant reaction to this game, like, wow, really? Back at it again, losing big. And I, I do think it, it, you have to take a step back and go, this is actually, you know, one of the better teams that the Buffs have played so far this year. I know they've played some talent this year, but I do think Oregon State is a above average, really good football team. Uh, before we move on from this game, uh, one of the things we talked about last week being so important, third down, conver- uh, third down conversions, buffs, 2 of 11, and uh, 7 of 11 for the uh, uh, Beavers. So, 7 of 11 for Oregon State. And, uh, yeah. Do you guys go to 7 of 11 often? When's the last time you've been to a 7 of 11? Actually, here's what gets me to 7 Eleven is they don't even have gas stations pretty much anymore. They, they're just the convenience yeah, store. Yeah, s- some don't. Yeah, yeah, it's a business model. I know. It's like don't don't you feel like you're losing out on a lot of money? I mean, gas, no, don't ga- start to tell Seven Eleven. No, gas it. cannot <laughs> be a, a, a detriment to you. It's got to be a, yeah, a money maker. Yeah, right. I'm just these days you're not you losing money on gas. Right, is yeah. all I'm saying. They didn't stop doing that this last couple of years. I know that. Jared's gonna turn around one of the oldest. American establishments. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. We're bringing it back. Got to sell gas. What are you guys doing? All right, we got uh, Arizona State next week. Arizona State coming into Boulder, five thirty kickoff. I don't know what the dress thing is going to be. Have you heard? Is it wear black? Wear I, I have whatever? not heard anything. Are, are either you guys going to the game? I want to say this is a homecoming game. I will be there. Yeah, Ryan's it's uh, there. it's it's homecoming as well. Okay, homecoming. Uh, Ryan's going to be there. Uh, if you're if you're looking to spot Ryan on TV, he'll be the naked one running across the field. He's playing on. No, he'll go bodysuit. He's got. Or for or for all my fans, I will be outside of section two twenty uh, <laughs> at halftime. There you go, signing autographs <laughs> or, or getting stalked by super creepers. You never know who's listening. Make, make so, sure you know what I find stalking flattering. So oh, okay, well we're at it. Let's give out your home address and phone number. <laughs> all right, you um, want my social? Uh, let's talk about Arizona State. Uh, their stats are actually better than they are as a team. They have two wins this year compared to the Buffs' one win, yet they come into this game as almost two touchdown favorites. Uh, their quarterback, Emory Jones, has actually had a pretty good year, 1,400 yards, 63% completions, five touchdowns, four picks, and uh, uh, he got hurt for a little bit of a run, and uh, Trenton Borquet, their, their uh, backup, came in and did pretty much just as well. So this is more of a system offense. They were running under Herb, and they haven't changed a whole lot up since the uh, interim took over. Uh, running the football, it's a one-horse show. Xavier Valade has 114 carries for uh, 650 yards on the year, over 5.5 yards a carry, and he's got 7 of their 12 touchdowns. So, guys... Don't you figure that with the buffs, the way they've played this year, stopping the run becomes the uh, the the key to most of these games. Don't you think stopping Valade has to be the main point? Yeah, of this I think game? you had the the blueprints out there for what the buffs did when they won that game against Kyle, and that was shutting down the run, that was slowing down the game and controlling the clock and and keeping their offense on the field. But that starts with slowing down the running game to prevent the opposing team from. controlling the ball the whole game, controlling the game. So absolutely, that to me is the key, both sides of the football for the Buffs, is to shut down 
the running game. No, absolutely. All right, so here's a good stat. You guys know how I like to do uh, dive in, do some stats on the buffs. The last two years, so I know it's kind of going to the Durrell era a little bit, whatever. Last two years, when the buffs have faced a, a, a team where a player has over 40% of the carries, okay? That means it's pretty much a one running back show. You know, a lot of these teams, it's like, like 30, 30, 30. It's, it's a lot. So over 40%. The buffs are actually against the spread uh, 8-3. and three. Okay, every other situation, of of course, I don't have, you know, the buffs are, are horrible. Not good. So actually, CU matches up well, and I say against the spread because that's sort of the expectation what's supposed to happen in the game. CU actually matches up well when it's not a whole bunch to focus on in the backfield, when they're not running all kinds of motions, and it's not four or five, you know, rushers that you have to worry about. I mean, that's where Colorado kind of gets lost and maybe not have the speed to, to, to compete. It's Valaday and their quarter, uh, their quarterback Emory Jones have 170 of the 225 carries. That is who's getting the football. So when that's you right. have those guys to dial in on, it's a little easier for that defense to do their job, in and, my opinion. And, and to what, just just to build on that a little bit, Emory Jones has 54 carries, only 41 yards on the season. So he's not going to be a guy that's really going to you know, be a threat running. He will run when he needs to. He's red got zone four, yes, four touchdowns. Yeah. He's absolutely a red zone threat. He's a big guy. So that's, that's something to watch for, but you're absolutely right with, with uh Valade being the guy. Yeah. I'm, I, I will say that's, that's been the primary thing that I look at for every buffs game uh, since pretty much week one is what do the opposing teams do on the ground? And I think, you know, we saw, a dominant performance by the defense against, uh, I believe his name is Anthony Ott from, from Cal. Um, and I think that's, that's going to be a benefit uh, for CU against Arizona state is that they have like a primary uh, number one guy in the, in the running back room. And I think it's why they struggled against Arizona state is not only is your defense tired, but then you bring in struggled guys. Oregon that, state, you mean? Uh, yeah, Oregon yeah, State, yeah. I'm sorry. No, sir. Uh, not only are you bringing in fresh guys, but they're really good running backs as well. Exactly, um, yeah. So so that's the problem. When, when they only lean on one guy, I think at least at least you can just kind of hone in on him and, and really figure out his tendencies, uh, pre-snap tendencies. And uh, yeah, so I, I think that's a benefit for the buffs this well, week. Not only do they hone in on, or you know, is he going to be able to hone in on one guy, but it's so overwhelming. So... Obviously, we just talked about how it's pretty much you know the quarterback and that running back who are going to get the ball. Uh, by the way, just I like to give the numbers out for people watching. He's number uh, one. They're their running back, but they've run the ball Arizona State 225 times this year. They've thrown it or they have 125 receptions. So you look at that disparity and where they're getting their yards. I think this is actually a good matchup for Colorado. And how often have we said that this year that they're coming into a game where we go okay. X's and O's wise, maybe this actually sort of fits into what CU is going to do well. So for the first time, I'm kind of excited to see how this goes because I believe it feeds into But now here's the thing is call it. See, you can't get burned on the back end, but I've been impressed. I was worried about Trevor Woods and, and how he was going to defend the pass. He had he's the, inter- Oh, he's doing great. I, he's versatile. I mean, CU is is for a long time. We called him cornerback. You right with all the other, the cornerbacks we put in the NFL. Let's start a transfer to safety. 
Like, I'm impressed by Trevor Woods. Yeah, I think week yeah. after week, the, the secondary is looking better and better. Now, I mean, you look on the stat sheet, and there's a lot of big yardage get it, be, being given up, but ultimately, it's really this running game that has been the, the Achilles heel for the Buffs. When their defense, the one game they really shut down the running game, they won. I, I think it's so obvious to me that that if this Buffs team is going to win, it, it comes from this defense stepping up and shutting down this run. I agree. Should we switch the uh, switch the field, flip the field, get with Arizona State's defense, get CU's real quick? Offense. I yes. just have to. I know we're not in the business here of of you know giving any any positive light to the opposing team, but I gotta I gotta Jerry, throw out like a don't uh, an award dare. here for the all name team here. Okay, just I'm just gonna list some <laughs> of the names for Arizona State. I love a good all name okay? team. Here we you go. Got Xavier Valade. You have Emery Jones. Let's see here. Uh, Zeke Freeman. You got Giovanni Sanders. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Eliza Badger. Uh, who else do we have? Messiah Swinson. I mean, <laughs> these names, man. That, they're good. Swinson, they're Swanson, good. Slappies. Uh, <laughs> newest started with, newest an S, started with an S. started with an S. All right. That's great. All right. So let's play the field. Get to CU's offense against their defense. Well, I got some good news and some bad news. One of the worst defenses in the Pac-12 in terms of efficiency. Not a very good defensive line at all, so CU should uh, right some of those wrongs on the ground. But they've got kind of a Nate Landman type. His name is Kyle Soule. He's number 34, senior linebacker, and he leads the team in tackles with uh, 87. The next person on the team has 56. So he's their landman. He's what we don't really have necessarily this year. I mean, maybe no. no. And so that's the one player to, to, to watch for. Whenever you see 34 on the field, run the other way and see you may have a little more success. So they do have that. Um, other leading tacklers, you're going to get uh, his, his counterpart on the uh, linebacker core. Uh, Merlin Robinson, number eight. And then they get some defensive backs involved. One, two, three, four, five. The next six tacklers are defensive backs. They actually play with the most second, with the most, uh, five defensive back sets, dime sets than any other team in the Pac-12. So Arizona State's going to play small. They're going to try and play fast. And again, not a fantastic defensive line. So I think what matches up all for the buffs is, you know, kind of mirroring what they want to do defensively, stop the run, run the ball themselves. Well, and it's never a good sign uh, when when your DBs are are your top tacklers. That typically means that the running back has made it through the <laughs> the first, or even possibly the second line of the defense. Right. So that's that's typically now, now, when you're getting chunk plays. Let's there. be honest; they do blitz a lot with their backs. Sure. They bring their safeties up a lot. They do. They have their nickels get involved. But you're right; often. Obviously, look at their record. Look at their stats given up. They're not doing a great job in the first and second levels. Uh, I'm going to look for, you know, is McCown coming back anytime soon? Do we know Let, what's going see. on Let's see. Let's do a, a quick little Google search yeah, and see what it get, tells us. Give it us. a Goog and, and see if we can find out about McCown. Um, Ryan, I'll, yeah, what's going on? Okay. Uh, I think Ryan's dealing with uh, some technical issues right now. You know, that's what I love about the producer is no matter where he's at, he's producing. He's doing his thing, making sure he's good to go. Um, so according to Buffs Wire, nope, 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 nope. That's old. That's old. Never mind. So last thing I see there is uh, uh, from Buffs. Uh, excuse me, Buff Zone, which is is a, a very respected uh, yeah, sure. uh, outlet. Last thing was from the seventeenth, so they have no updates as of this. Well, week. there's no updates and there's no new news. So, so noth- nothing new as of this week. We'll have to just see. As of right now, no, he's let me ask you. Top, top your head because I don't have the answer in front of me for what I would say, but. Uh, in terms of a betting point of view, what they're worth in the market, would you say upgrade or downgrade JT Shroud 
Owen uh, McCown. Uh, Owen McCown to me is an upgrade. I okay. think from what we've Even seen. Even as the freshman. I just think from what we've seen from JT Stroud this year, he struggled. He has not played well when he's had his opportunities. Uh, he did He did look good in that Cal game when he did come in in the second half there. Outside of that, it, it's been rough. It's been rough going for JT Stroud, whereas you know, I think yeah. Owen McCown gives you a little bit more explosive, dynamic uh, outlook. It's tough for me. I'll admit, I'm being a little stubborn here. It's tough for me to admit I was wrong because I've been so on the JT bandwagon. I mean, we're talking back to last year since he transferred. I was convinced JT was going to bring us back. And you know what? Maybe if it's a different era, different surroundings, different coaching staff, he was that quarterback. But uh, it is unfortunate to see what we've seen. The 10.9 quarterback rating last week is nothing to... You know, get super excited about, but isn't it Shroud next week? If it's if it's it, it, yeah, it's, so let's go. So this is his opportunity to turn it around, have a great game, and, and prove me right. I mean, hell, we got more time this and, season. And the season's not over yet. And this is a you know we we talked about the matchup with the Buffs defense versus the 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 offense of of the Sun Devils, and I actually think you look at you know just overall, this is not a great defense from from Arizona State, and this is I really think what the Buffs need right now. They're they're in the bottom third bottom quarter of the Pac-12 in just about every statistical category that Arizona State is. Now, CU obviously finds themselves in the same boat offensively as one of the worst teams, if not the worst, in just about every category in the Pac-12. But that's what you need. You know, you need to go against a team that has weaknesses that really, across the board, can be exploited. And and I think that's what the Buffs need is, is, a, is a team that you can make plays against and make big plays. Alright, let's go over some of those stats right now. And then we will give our score predictions and then get out of here unless you guys have anything to add. I mean, offensively, I think we covered it. Now, here's one thing we mentioned. I think this goes without, you know, being said, though, but the quarterbacks have or the uh, receivers have to have a much better day. And they haven't had a great game all year long. They've had good games, you know, okay games. Receivers have to step up. Offensive line has to step up. If you're going to get opportunities to dominate, it shouldn't take double teams to, to convert on third and two. It shouldn't take, you know, step up. And, you know, despite what we've heard about the food and these guys not getting enough of it, apparently, you know, do your job. I don't know. That D-line looks like they're eating just no, fine. No kidding. That's <laughs> what I was saying. All right, let's talk about some of these team stats. Uh, total yards per game. Arizona State, 353. Colorado, 286. Yards allowed per game. Uh, Colorado, 473. Arizona State, 407. Passing yards per game, Colorado 176, Arizona 218. Rushing yards per game, Colorado 109, Arizona 135. Uh, yards allowed through the air, Colorado 219, Arizona State 252. Yards allowed on the ground, Colorado 253, Arizona State 154. So there you go with some stats. Let's get out of here with some predictions. Uh, all right, we got Ryan back. Thumbs up. Ryan's back for some yes. predictions just in time. All right. Um, Sorry about that. I, you know what? I'm going back to the well. I don't care what you guys say. I don't care if you make fun of me. <laughs> Look, they're only 13-point underdogs here, CU is, and it's at home, so there's going to be a chance. Uh, I think the crowd. I think the crowd's going to be fun. 5.30 game. I love those evening games. It's going to be, you know, great place to be, in my opinion. I'll be there. Ryan will be there. Um, Let's say... 23-21, right? Some turnovers. A lot of this game played in midfield. Maybe a defensive score in there. I'll go Buffs win, 23-21. And 
No, they don't storm the field again. I was going to say they storm the field, but no, not again. <laughs> All right, Jared, what do you got for your score? My my biggest fear, guys, is that I think everything went into that win against Cal. I think I think all the energy, all the effort, two weeks ago, you think it's still affected that. And I just I just don't know if this team has it in them to pull it back out. Uh, Mike Sanford really had this team seeming like they had the energy, the motivation, and then to get stopped the way that they did this last week. I think it's tough. It's tough to bring them back from that. I do expect the Buffs to cover in this game. 13 and a half, to me, that's surprising. You're at home. It's not as if Arizona State's a great team. I think this is going to be a close game. I think the Buffs lose a close one, 21-17. All right, well, we can mute him from now on. Ryan, what do you got for a score? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I honestly do like this this matchup for the Buffs. Um, Arizona State on the road. It's homecoming for the Buffs. Uh, I think the crowd's going to be packed i think it's going to be electric uh they're going to be loud um and i'm going to go buffs pull it out 24 21 all right i love it at least two of us being a little positive around here so a little reverse <laughs> psychology buddy <laughs> i guess so uh, well uh, that's going to do it for today's show uh give us a follow on twitter at buffs podcast and in the meantime let's go see oh what's that uh, jerry oh yeah in the meantime what am I good? Your volume. Give give me some. You you're, you just want to talk about energy. You like we gotta this, exit uh, out here on the way. You out. like this song, don't you? Yeah. Jared starts dancing to this. You should see him. You want to see a bad dancer? You want to see some <laughs> bad dance moves? Some dad dance moves? And watch Jared start getting. If, if you've ever seen Seinfeld, Elaine makes me look good. <laughs> uh, let's go, Buffs. Bring a bring a win home for us. Beat Arizona State at home, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to everyone next week right here on the Buffs Nation podcast.